You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. And oh boy, do we have a good show planned for you today. Why do you ask? Because Tom Snelling, president of Food Systems Incorporated, is our featured guest. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, good to see you, Rick. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So let's go back in time and start off by having you tell us what was the original motivation for you to join Food Systems Incorporated? Well, um, the company was founded by my stepfather and my mother in, in 1972. Um, and so they had, uh, I had worked for them in high school and a little bit in college, uh, just as a, a side, a side server doing odd jobs. I had a, a vending route at one time where I actually loaded cigarette machines. If you can believe that, <laughs> I, I'll probably date myself just a little bit, but, uh, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. But, um, so I had worked for them and, and was familiar with the company, but uh, then I had uh, gone through college and graduated and got a job actually um, with the National Football League um, back when they had offices out in Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, and so I had been doing that for about five years and it was a great job and actually met my wife there and, and I made a lot of lifelong friends and, and learned a ton about business. Um, but it was a little bit limited and the scuttlebutt was that the offices were probably going to move back to New York, New York City. And I wasn't too sure if I wanted to do that, especially looking at the, the landscape with the company and seeing what my opportunities were. So uh, Don Phelps, my stepdad, you know, offered me to come on as uh, uh, head of the sales department to try to get new business. And that was in 1995. Um, and a little bit better pay and, and more of an opportunity to kind of grow. And uh, I jumped at that. One of the things I love about uh, this business, what I did then and even what I still do now is, you know, because we're uh, food service providers for uh, business and industry, we work with a lot of different types of companies. So mm-hmm. I'm able to kind of cross section with all different kinds of people, whether, you know, we've had cafeterias at the Orange County Register, um, Quest Diagnostics, Avon Products, uh, ADP, uh, all, all manufacturing, B&I, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's neat because you get to learn a lot about how different businesses run. And uh, even being on the food service end of it, you get to make some good contacts. So um, that was kind of my uh, my starting point uh, coming to the company. And, and knock on wood, it's been going good so far. So, <laughs> so if I did the math right, you're coming up on your 30-year anniversary with the company? Uh, one more year. I think it'll be, yeah, 25. 25. So, well, not too bad. Yeah, no. Because you said you started in 1995? Yeah, they haven't kicked me out yet. So, yeah, right. yeah May of 95. But, yeah, yeah. So, wow, look at that. Coming up. Yeah. Longevity. And um, right. you're now the president? Correct, yes. And general manager? Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to the selling routes that you started, you're responsible for for the general operation of the business? Yeah, basically, you know, looking at our systems, um, looking at uh, uh, kind of overseeing how we're, how we're banking, um, how we're uh, technology-wise, how we're transacting business, staffing, uh, and then obviously uh, uh, working with our vendors. You know, we, 
our, our biggest vendors, the U.S. Foods there. I'm sure mm. everybody in this area always sees their trucks. They're they're huge. You know, they deliver to all the restaurants and hotels and, and people like us, contract food service operators. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's the general manager role is, uh, and, and uh, title is probably a lot more accurate than president because <laughs> as much as I'd like to not do much and sit around and kind of just oversee things, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little more involved on a day-to-day sure. basis. So, you know, we're a smaller company and that's how that works. So, so over the years, I'm sure your business has been faced with challenges, maybe even serious. I'm just wondering, was there a time when the economic thing happened or COVID or something that really had to cause you to take a step back and look hard? at the service model to make sure the business were to survive yeah we've never really hit an inflection point that it, it would you would really describe as kind of that severe uh, obviously the the pandemic was was a, a big issue for us we were fortunate in that um so many of our um, of our client accounts stayed up and running and, and some of them obviously uh a lot of people were working from home, and so it was a, a little bit of a, of a reduced model, um, you know, compared to what we were doing before. But we weren't, uh, fortunately, we weren't like maybe a lot of public uh, restaurants that either were forced to shut down or forced right. to really drastically change the way they were doing things. And um, uh, but even all that being said, we still had to apply for PPP loans, which um, obviously helped us out. We just used that completely for labor and we're able to pay our people because we would not have been able to uh, stick around during the pandemic um, at our at our uh, you know the, the staffing levels we had from say summer of 2019 um, over that next couple of years the the PPP loans really helped out with that so no I think um, you know our biggest issue uh, that we face right now probably is just uh, we we have to be if we're going to be viable people have to come into work because we feed them at work so mm. um the, the, the way things the way the the whole um atmosphere has, has changed with um working home and all that kind of stuff has been a challenge and it's something that we're we're daily looking at as we speak so interesting yeah, yeah. that's uh that's fortunate that the customers that you had had uh the ability to bring people to work because they were in an yeah. industry that was deemed essential so yeah, definitely. Yeah, we didn't. That didn't really touch us that much. So, good, good. Yeah. Okay, so you sort of touched about what Food Systems Incorporated does, but take us inside the business model and explain the service you provide. So we're we're what in the old days used to be called contract food service, and and now it's kind of just I guess you call it corporate food service. So we operate under contracts with uh, clients who have businesses and, and want to feed their employees at work. And so uh, that could be anything from, uh, we do California steel out in Fontana, they're a steel foundry. So, you know, mm. we feed all the guys working out in the steel mills. We also feed the, the people, the admin people in, in the offices and things like that. Um, and so it can be more, much more uh, industrial and manufacturing, or it can be completely white collar and, and uh, you know, office jobs. But uh, so we provide the staff and we buy the food, cook and prepare the food, serve the food, clean up and keep all that, you know, and beverage, food and beverage, sorry, keep all that in order. Um, one of our benefits is that, you know, we're not paying rent, we're in their facility. Um, equipment and things like that, they usually take care of those costs. Um, and we don't pay for utilities, so those costs uh, aren't something we have to bear. 
Uh, now, the flip side of that, we're, for the most part, we're not open to the public. We have a couple places that are open to the public, but even there, it's not really a, a public restaurant. People, a lot of people don't really go there for lunch, let's say. So we have a, a, you know, a kind of a captive limited audience. And again, that can be a, a pro and a con, obviously. Um, and, you know, one of the things that uh, Don, who was our founder, always told me was you have to understand that people don't come to work to spend money. They're, they're here to make money. And so, you know, we're, we have to be real mindful of being, um, you know, either at market or below market um, in our pricing and that type of stuff. But we do have clients that um, understand that they want to provide that type of uh, service for their employees. And so they're willing to subsidize the, uh, the operation. You know, if we say, look, you know, it's going to take five people and if we're going to take in X amount of dollars a day, we're not going to be able to cover those costs. So if if you can kick in, you know, this chunk of change per month. And uh, the way I try to break it down to them is go, look, it's, it might cost you like $1.50 per employee per day, you know, for that benefit. And um, uh, we've been fortunate that we've had a lot of good client relationships where they understand if that necessity is there that they can help us out. So, so it's strictly, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, breakfast and lunch deal for the most part, you know, I mean, just... Do you support any manufacturing sites that maybe work multiple shifts so that then it's runs in uh, the evening or is it? Yeah, we don't, we have actually the only site we have right now that is, that has a, they have a PM shift and a Saturday shift is mm. um, Quest Diagnostics, mm. which is in San Juan Capistrano and they, uh, they're open 365 because they always have lab results that they've got to turn over for, for them. So that's not really, I mean, I, I wouldn't call that a blue collar site just because the, right the workers are, are lab techs. And so mm -hmm. they're, they're all educated and they're pretty mm -hmm. white collar, but yeah. So, and, and they're a place that helps us out. You know, they understand that, you know, those PM shifts and that Saturday shift, it's a lot tougher to, to generate the necessary revenue. And so they're, they, they see that as a benefit for benefit for their employees and they're kind of isolated. They're a little bit up Ortega highway. And mm -hmm. so those people who go to work out there, they don't have a lot of options for food during the day. So. So, yeah. so that's really one of the benefits is it's a, well, the first of all, it's a well-cooked, nutritious meal. Right. Secondly, it's super convenient because it's right there on premise. Right. You don't got to get in your car. And, you know, we try to cover the gamut with, you know, we have salad bars. So people who have dietary restrictions or are really looking to kind of uh, take care of themselves, they don't have to go get a burger. They can if they want to, but I mean, they can go to the salad bar, they can put together their own salad and, you know give it Italian dressing, low fat Italian dressing, all greens, <laughs> all their proteins can be beans, you know? Right. So, yeah. so it, it, what you say is true is that we're, you know, we are providing a lot of different variety that most people couldn't get if they went to one, you know, um, public place, you know? Yeah. And my experience back in the day is you end up running to probably nothing wrong with convenience food. Some call it fast no. food. But you shouldn't try to live on that as your dietary meals if you can help. Right, so, you got to have a little variety in life for sure. Yeah. Right, right. So that and that's less stress for the employees because then they only have so much time. It and, is, yeah. You know, you take that commute time out of it, so it's probably a little more social too. And, ga and gas prices, even that. I mean, right. now is right. a big factor. So, so what's your service area? Our service area is Southern California. So, okay. you know, San Diego County, Orange County, LA County, Riverside, Ventura. We don't venture much farther north than Oxnard and much farther east than, you know, Riverside, Fontana. 
and and we don't go over the border into Mexico, and so we're we're just we're pretty we're pretty uh, uh, geographically pretty tight, you know. So you're a you're in a people business. I mean, really, you're, you're a service business. So is yeah. it? Tell me about finding people. Is it challenging in your industry to maintain your workforce and grow? It is. It is. Um, it's gotten a lot more challenging in in the last uh, probably. It's been, I wouldn't say it all entirely has to do with the pandemic per se. Some of it has to do with um, mandatory minimum wage increases and those types of things. You know, our, our, um, the, the level of skill that a lot of our jobs have, it's not, they're not higher education jobs. Uh, you have to have experience and, and you get paid pretty well for that experience. But, you know, we're not, we're not paying people six figures to do, to do the work we do. And so uh, we've been so fortunate over the years uh, to have really not a lot of turnover and mm-hmm. have a lot of people who've been with us for eight, 11, 15 years. I mean, they, they, they stick in with us. One of the benefits that we have in the food service industry, as opposed to say, uh, you know, restaurants or hotels is mm-hmm. we're Monday through, for the most, you know, 95%, we're Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., 2.30 p.m. So people can uh, have a relatively normal uh, workday life. If they have younger kids who go to school, they can see them instead of you know being asleep when they go to school and being at work when they get back from school. Those type of things. Not working weekends helps. So, but it has been a challenge. Um, I just I, I don't know that honestly though I don't know that we're that unique from any business. I, I think especially the last year or two. Just finding people uh, who have the right. necessary experience and 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 want to get stuck in, you know, really want the job and want to grow with it, um, it has been a big challenge. Yeah. So, are you are you looking to hire people near where you need them, like say usually. Montana? So, okay. Yeah, usually. We're you know when we advertise and when we put out um, uh, all our stuff on the Indeed and, and all those Monster and all the sites, the search sites. Uh, we go geographic specific, but we leave it up to the individual. If you live in, if you live in Irvine and, and you see a job that you like in Westlake Village and you want to make the drive, that's fine. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. I used to live in Huntington Beach and worked in Culver City, and that was terrible. So oh I, my God. I didn't, that, and that was the 405, which is maybe the worst freeway in the universe. You know, so yeah, that's always but, uh, busy. It is always. There, there's no such thing as rush hour on the 405. It's like no. always rush hour. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's two airports sitting right next to them. You know what I mean? So that makes everything just a mess. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you have a piece of business advice, either something that was given to you that you have found really meaningful for your career, or a piece of advice that you find valuable to give to others, is there something you could share with our audience today? Yeah. I mean. I've learned a lot from a lot of different people and most of it's probably maybe a little more specific to the business mm-hmm. uh, that you're in. But one of the things that, that I've heard from various people, but that really got hammered home to me by my stepdad, by, by Don, the, the founder of food systems was that you can't let business decisions um, be personal. You can't let them affect you personally. And you know, they're going to, um, but you can't dwell on it and you definitely don't, you never want to make decisions either based from anger or from elation, you know, any of the emotions and not necessarily just anger. You can't get so giddy over something that you, 
you make a couple of really bad choices that end up later down the road making you kick yourself because you thought, well, that was just stupid. Why would I, why would I do that? So you have to kind of, um, not come, I don't want to say compartmentalize or detach yourself, but you kind of have to understand that those things are going on in, in their business and, and you don't, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be impersonal for sure when you're dealing with people, whether it's your employees or with a prospective client. Um, but you just kind of have to, one, you have to approach it from, you have to have your numbers or your information right. and you got to lay it out for the person and, and just let them know, you know, you're, you're only looking at this from a strictly business standpoint, whether I'm saying to a manager, look, we, if, if we can't, if we can't get your food costs down by 4%, we, what are we going to do? You know, we got it. We got to do something. And so it's not, I'm not trying to make it personal to that person. I'm just trying to show them this is just this is just how the business works. And so if if, if we can get together, uh, if you need help, let me know. But uh, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to make this about you. I want to make it about what has to happen for us to be successful. You know. Yeah, that's really good advice because some of the emotions that you uh, mentioned can really cloud your judgment. They can, yeah. And the other one that I've seen is people making it out of fear. That's yeah, right. Can really it's a terrible way to operate. Yeah, yeah. Because to... that's where people, that's where stress comes from, and that's where people not wanting to show up comes from. You know, you just you, the dread. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you gotta, yeah, yeah. It might be, you might be going in that day and thinking, I gotta get my, you know what, in gear. <laughs> But it, 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 at least if you're trying to approach it, like I say, from, hey, man, they're just numbers. Let's see if we can make these numbers work for us. Right. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Nothing lasts forever. The good times no. or the bad. I, that's what I tell myself when I'm in. Getting that's into, great hey, advice. This, this isn't going to last forever. So I just got to get through it and get yep. to the other side. Yeah. Yep. All right. Very true. All right. Let's, uh, let's turn our attention to technology. And ah. in your industry, how is technology impacting the business or how do you see it impacting the business moving forward? Well, I think the way I see it impacting it moving forward is, is, is what's happening right now. And, and I think most anybody uh, watching or listening would know from their own experiences, whether they're going to the movie theater or, um, you know, one of the one of the earlier places I saw it was at yard house restaurants where there's still a server, but they'll bring you over the, the kind of the mobile unit and you can go ahead and order and they'll still take care of you, but they're, they're, they're starting to take away some of those duties and responsibilities, uh, take it off of a person and, and, and lay it more on technology. And, and for us in what we're doing, uh, we're looking at that, uh, uh in a big way, uh, one because of labor costs, uh, but two because of efficiency. And you know, it's—I'll give you an example. You know, maybe even as little as five years ago, uh, our our card—you know—credit um, debit card sales to cash sales were maybe sixty forty, and they're probably like eighty five fifteen now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying in cash. Um, you know, we we struggle with it because when we look at it, we think, well. Uh, cash is great because, you know, it's tangible and you can see it. You don't pay bank fees. You don't pay merchant fees for it. Right. Flip side of it is cash is easy to steal. It's easy to lose. <laughs> it's easy to miscount. Yes. So, you know, and so that technology has, has made leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, we have a lot of places where people don't even pay with a card. 
we're getting most of our mm. payments with phones and watches, you know, Apple watches. And so that's one thing that we've seen. That's kind of a technology that's come to us from customers. From our end, we're looking at like the kiosk situations, like I mentioned earlier, at the mm -hmm. theater, you'll go to the theater if you don't already buy your ticket beforehand, which we also do, you know, you can go online, order your sandwich or your burger, show up, pick it up, it's ready to go. So that's how technology has obviously helped out. Um, but it's, it's pretty much, it's that efficiency scale uh, with labor, you know, cost of labor. And, and, you know, if I look at putting two kiosks in, they're gonna cost me six or $7,000 and maybe a couple, maybe a couple hundred bucks in, in, in fees a month. Whereas if I have one person there, you know, that's in, in, uh, in less than a quarter, less than three months, I will have that, that cost mm -hmm. eaten up. So, um, the thing I don't like about that is it, it takes a job away. It potentially, it can take a person right. out of the workforce. And so, uh, but I think that's, that's something that, quite a few businesses probably are weighing and struggling with and, and uh, that whole technology versus labor. Uh, uh, I don't think technology is ever going to get rid of food. I hope not. That would be bad, but <laughs> I don't think that's possible yet, <laughs> but anything's possible, I guess. So anything's possible. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah I think it wasn't at the Jetson. They, they, they were making food in, on the Jetson. Yeah. So, Hey, who knows? I, pretty appreciate too. A lot of the stuff on the Jetsons is, come to fruition except for flying cars that was when i was wow. a kid the one i was always excited about but hold on yeah right i may not make it there but <laughs> you're a young man i'm sure you might the, <laughs> yeah. way, the way technology is advancing who knows i i saw yeah. an article recently about someone being given the right to test flying vehicles in a limited capacity so i forget the details it's, but it's bound to happen you know? it is. Yeah, yeah right yeah all those futuristic things are do come true over time. Dick Tracy yeah. with his watch, right? Talking to his watch. So, thousand percent. Yeah. There you go. All right. So let's look to tomorrow. Where, where do you see taking the firm or what do you, you'll be back on the show, Tom, at some point in the future, right. what's going to be different or what's your vision for the future? Well, for us, um, I think we are looking at, and we have been maybe for the last probably, uh, probably it's close to a year, um, the way things are shifting with uh, uh, work at home and, and those types of things. So we, uh, you know, our old model was based on how many people you had working on site. And you had to have quite a few unless you wanted to heavily subsidize it. I mean, we, um, you know, we've had accounts that have had only 100 people on site, but their monthly bills were, you know, $25,000, $30,000. But they were tech firms. They had a lot of money. They wanted to take care of the 100 people who are on site. But typically, if we're going to go in and, and look at something and just try to make it on our own, a straight profit and loss without a subsidy, you know, we need probably close to 600 people in the, in the facility, in the building. And that, that used to be a lot more prevalent than it is now, at least in Southern right. California. Right. So with that being said, we're, we have to look at not just are we going to be now looking at business models that require subsidy as much as are we going to be looking at business models that are, are pretty much different? They're still going to be food service, but they're going to be drastically uh, different. We have some accounts where we operate what we call micro markets and they're kind of like open vending situations where you're not putting money into a machine and having the, the item drop. The items are just there. The, the drinks are in a cooler. Um, you know, the, there's sandwiches and, and wraps in a the fridge. There's candy chips, whole fruit, healthy stuff. You just come up, 
get your item, scan it, scan your card or watch or whatever, and pay and, and, and you're good to go. And mm. for us, it's it worked really well because we operate those things in, in places of business. And so the the propensity for theft is almost zero because That's people good. people aren't going to risk their jobs for a banana, you know what I mean? <laughs> Steal a banana. So um, so we're, we're kind of looking at, at, at those opportunities for us where um, when the company first started, when Don first started the company, we did food service, cafe, cafeteria food service, and we also did vending. He sold the vending piece of the business off in I think the mid 80s because it was it was becoming uh, a drag on on cost, you know, the drag on the bottom line. Um, so we got out of vending and we would subcontract it if we ever needed it on a contract. Um, but we're now looking at, well, maybe this is the way of the future, you know, an office that's got 75 people and we put a couple of coolers in and some of these coolers are pretty slick. Some of them, we don't, we're not operating any right now, but they are all RFID tag. Oh. So you load the machine, it knows everything that's in the machine and somebody comes up to open the door to the cooler. They just got to scan their payment and then they could take anything they want. They could empty the machine if they wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you would, but it, and it would charge them for everything they took out. And wow. so inventory is all, you know, you're getting uh, live reports on that. And, and so that, there's some, there's some, the technology for that really is advancing, just like you were saying with the flying cars, it's advancing rapidly, you know. Right. Wow, that opens up whole it does. opportunities for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good well, for you for responding to what the market requires and. What we say it the other day, ends, I, I told you the other day, either you, you do or you don't. If you don't, go do something else. But if you want to stick in it, what you're doing, you got you to gotta make sure that you're staying with it, staying with the times. Right, because right, there's just so many more of those type of businesses that have that size population that yeah. benefit from that. That's fantastic. Okay, yeah. somebody was going to want to reach out to you, Tom Snelling, or they're going to want to find out more about your firm. How do they do one or the other? So for the company, um, the website is uh, fsi72.com. You can go there. Um, and we also have a Facebook page, uh, just Food Systems Inc., one word, uh, on Facebook. And then for me, uh, LinkedIn, I'm just Tom Snelling on, on LinkedIn. Well, I told you at the top of the show, ladies and gentlemen, this was going to be a great show. And Tom, you did not disappoint. Thank you for being I just, a guest today. I just followed your lead. You're the pro. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, Rick. Thanks. And thanks to the audience. You've been a part of Orange County's yes. longest running business talk show. Thank you, everybody. If, if you're an entrepreneur or a nonprofit leader and you'd like to tell your story like Tom just did, then reach out to me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I on LinkedIn. Coincidentally, that's also our website, rickfranzi.com. And uh, Haley, our producer, or I will get back in touch with you and work you into our upcoming schedule. We're always looking to talk with Orange County entrepreneurs. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Music